Hi, and welcome to this podcast from the School of Safe and Humble Prophets. Let's join our host, Ian, for another episode of the current series. Oh, thanks. So, I'm Ian Banner from the School of Safe and Humble Prophets. Thanks for getting hold of this free podcast. I believe prophetic gifting in the Christian church, if done well, is an immensely useful tool to encourage and help everyone grow and become mature in Christ. If it's done well, it's brilliant. But if it's done badly, it can cause huge problems. I'm obviously a fan of doing it well. And that's what this podcast, The School of Safe and Humble Prophets, is all about. How to use prophetic gifting well and safely for the benefit of the local church. Every week, I will be discussing in short audio of no more than 15 minutes, teachings and things of interest and understanding that are useful for people with prophetic gifting in the Christian church. For this series, I am delighted to be joined by my good friend and co-prophetic voice, uh, Kim, Kim Madsden from SBA in Denmark. Um, and I'm delighted that uh, Kim is going to be talking with us today. We, we did a great session last time, and I want to repeat that. Our aim is to bring you, leaders in the front line, the best in teachings and understandings from the, around the world. So that's our background. Kim, do you want to just say um, good afternoon or good evening or good morning or whatever what, whatever time it is for you right now? Oh, good, after- no, good, good afternoon from Denmark, yes, Berg. Yeah, we, we, uh, Kim's in Denmark. He's about to go away on holiday and he's just had his fantastic 60th birthday as well. Unfortunately, we're in COVID situation, so m- maybe in another time I would have been there celebrating such a landmark point. Last week, we uh, we started our series on the Courage to Listen Again, and we talked from the passage, 2 Kings 20. Um, let me read it to you again. I won't read it every week, but I'm going to read it again this week. 2 Kings 20, verse 1. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order, because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion, and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him again, Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, This is what the Lord, the God of your father, David, says, I have heard your prayer, seen your tears, I will hear you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life and will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. It's a great passage, isn't it, Kim? Yeah, it is. Um, so last week, uh, recap, last last time we met, uh, we talked about God is just not limited, if you remember. Um, we told mm-hmm. a story about the big fish in the small pan, and I hope you did the spiritual activation exercise we suggested before Kim prayed last time, which is to take a box and rip it up in front of yourself and the Lord and say, I am not going to limit you, Lord. I am not going to limit you in any way. So, yeah, that, that was last time. Now, this time, let's let's look at this passage one more time. Um, it is interesting that uh, God speaks to Isaiah with, put your house in order, you're going to die. And then... Before Isaiah has even got to the middle court, he gets another word which says, go back and tell Isaiah, this is what the Lord, the God says, I have heard your prayer, I will heal you. Um, uh, I I think it's interesting that that all this, it's it's almost like a contradiction here, Kim. I think it's interesting that this happened to Isaiah. The clear 
uh, leader, the clear prophetic leader of the time. Because I think if it had been someone else, maybe people would have challenged Isaiah and said, have you heard God really? Because you've just said the opposite of what you said a few minutes ago. What do you think? Well, his, um, he was known as, as, as a prophet. And I don't know if, well, when you, when you ask like that, Ian, I was just thinking Old Testament. And it's like when people are prophets in Old Testament, it's very seldom that the, the common people are asking questions like that. If, it's, if, it's, if God had made it visible to everyone that he's a prophet, then he, that he, his word through Isaiah has been coming through, there will be no questioning like that, I think. Um, that's my first thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, in the New Testament, uh, in Corinthians, it says everyone should weigh what prophetic people say, which is good, yeah. I think. It's healthy, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, Kim's 60th birthday has just happened. I sent a prophetic word over. And it started with the phrase, Kim, have a weigh this, work out whether it's what God says mm. or not, you know. And um, just to say to any person who's got any uh, prophetic gifting, uh, I heard R.T. Kendall um, say this a few weeks ago on a, a talk. He said, saying, thus says the Lord, is actually quite an arrogant thing to say, anybody say. I know it's a, there are some sections of the uh, church community where actually that's how you say you've heard God. You say something and you finish with, thus says the Lord. But I think RT made a really good point that actually for New Testament prophets, you've got to, you've got to a, a, attach the, the idea that you've heard God as a possibility, not a certainty. What do you think, Ken? Yeah, I think that's totally right. I know every time that I sense that the Holy Spirit is giving me a word for someone, I always tell them that they have to discern what I am saying. So I think that is that is something every every prophet that's an attitude everyone when they prophesy should should have. Yeah, this this attitude of, I mean, I've I've seen some people. See, one one of the things I think is very important for prophetic gifting is that you don't point to yourself. We've mm. we've said that on many other courses together, um, and there's a way of doing that cautiousness about whether you've heard God. Um, uh, that that. Um, is pointing to yourself. So, for example, if, if a prophetic person said, I don't know if this is God or not really, I'm not sure, I've, I've tried very hard to make sure it is, but it, you've sort of pointed to yourself too much, haven't you? You've made it about you and your dilemmas. So you've got to be careful about that. But if you just quietly go, you know, literally, it says in Corinthians you should weigh these things, so why don't you go and weigh it? You've sort of given, um, you've given an avenue for you being less than perfect. You know, I mean, it... The whole passage in Corinthians about worship and prophesy and speaking in tongues, the whole thing is about we haven't got it right yet. We're learning. We're trying out. It won't be perfect until he returns. So we, we have to understand we don't worship God in perfectness yet. We don't prophesy in perfectness yet. We don't speak in tongues perfectness yet. All of those things are us attempting what will later be perfect, but is right now still, it's still got us in it. You know, and we are, we are, you know, we are sinners, aren't we? I think that's the sort of background of that. We we have been saved from sin, but that's still there. So, uh, so I think it's important that we, as prophetic people, always allow a bit of room 
for people to think about what they've heard and not sort of almost demand that if they reject this, they're rejecting God. Would you agree, Kim? Yeah, I totally. And I, I think through time living here in Denmark, I have seen several examples that when a prophet has been saying, so this thus says the Lord to someone, and it just made churches fall apart and it's made a mess of congregations because someone was told he has to be a pastor or evangelist and others had a hard, hard time to, to actually agree with that and yeah. just split churches. Yeah, there's a whole, uh, remind me to uh, do something with you on hearing the Spirit of God or hearing the Spirit of the person because sometimes if you're not careful prophetically you can hear what the Spirit of the person wants to do and therefore you can mm, say that's mm. actually God when actually fact it's just what they want so there's some subtlety in this but my view overall is that God does trust uh, prophetic voices to certain people to give and therefore particularly when it's significant stuff um, yeah. life-changing stuff he, he tends to choose people who are shall I say mature in their yeah. gifting to do that yeah I think you're right so but also as, as, as you say if you look at Old Testament if if I say I heard second time, but if he if if somebody said he was wrong, there's a lot of examples in in, in the Old Testament of what you call what you would call a prophet war. Because you had some other called prophets prophesying differently from example uh, Jeremiah or Isaiah, and they they were known as prophets, but it was totally different from what these Old Testament prophets were saying. Yeah, yeah. That, um, there's a lot we could talk about there. Let's let's talk about mm -hmm. that for a minute. When p Certainly publicly, when prophets start to disagree with each other over what God has said, um, I think we're in very dangerous territory. Um, I can think a, a lot right now of uh, some of our friends and colleagues in America who are suffering badly right now on the subject of mm -hmm. hearing God for Donald Trump for his second um second uh, period as um, as uh, chief uh, American president. And by the way, I am in no way making any political comment about whether Donald Trump was good or bad. That's, di that's divided opinion everywhere, so I'm not trying to imply he was bad or good. Uh, there's lots of things that any president does that are good, and there's lots that you might disagree with. That's not my point. My point is more that um, a lot of people thought they'd heard God and there is some prophetic wars going on of people who said, well, I didn't hear that, I heard the other. My big problem with any of that is, um, Kim, it's not in our notes, but I do want to ask you about it. It's almost like sometimes prophetic people think what they have to do is become fortune tellers and tell the future <laughs> to prove that they've heard God. Yeah. And that's, I think, that is one... Well, people... The thing is, people really like the prophets to be foreseeing what the future is going to be. And I think that's something lying in, in every human heart. They want to know what the future brings. And there is a danger that, as you said, that we listen to what is in the heart of the person and not to what is in, in the heart of God to that person. Yeah, I mean, let me tell a story on that. Um, I was once... Uh, I want to make sure it's very generic deliberately to avoid any possibility that it might be 
um, might be sort of worked out where it's come from. But I was in a place where a mother was asking me about a child who was quite sick. And the mother wanted me to prophesy that this quite sick child would live a long time. They came to me and said, essentially, Ian, you're a man of God, prophet. Tell me my child is going to live to be an adult. And what I did was I listened to God. I listened to, I laid hands on this child. I, 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 I decided I was going to listen to what God said, whatever. And I was going to say that. Yeah. I wasn't going to say what the mother wanted to hear. But actually, I wasn't going to say, I can't tell you. I was going to listen to God. So I listened to God. And what I heard from God was, I'm looking after this child. He's in my hands. His future is in my hands. And so that's what I said. I said exactly those words. And she said to me, well, that's good, but you didn't say he's going to live. And I said, well, I can only tell you what God said to me. Yeah. And it's, it's this issue that, you know, people want to hear the future rather than they want to hear God's heart, if that makes sense. Have you got any sort of similar instances where that's the case for you, Kim? Where, you know, you... you no, I, I don't... I don't. I can't remember anything like that. I have... Yeah, well, I have been bystanding, hearing uh, people coming to other uh, ministers and actually saying something similar about prophesying into their future or about what they should be or who they should marry, but... I have been uh, so lucky that the ones I've been working together with had had the same attitude as you had, and they'd say, "Well, I'm going to tell you what the the Holy Spirit is telling me." But no more and no less. No. <laughs> yes, and that's how we did that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that area is is really in- interesting. Um, what I find interesting is that there was no point where Isaiah, at any point, worried. Or was concerned that he could appear to be reversing what he just said. No. He was completely comfortable to go back and uh, say something completely different. It didn't bother him. And I think that's probably the root cause of what I want to talk about in this series, which you know is, is um, we're doing now. He was not troubled whether he was right or wrong. He was only troubled to be obedient, I think. I think that's how I'd see it. Mm. I think you're right. Okay, so that that's essentially the area we want to look at today. Um, Isaiah was completely comfortable, didn't care. I mean, I've been in situations where um, I remember once when <laughs> uh, I was giving a word out at church and I said, um, "God wants to heal someone's knee." Um, this is this is how this is how uh, you know it's you. You were walking down the stairs this morning and your knee locked. That's how you know it's you. If you want to come forward, we'll pray for you and you'll be healed because God has just said it to me. And no one came forward. And um, afterwards, I'm in the coffee queue and uh, one of my friends comes up to me and said, by the way, that was my brother. And I went, oh, tell me more. And they went, well, my brother's staying with us. He doesn't believe in any of this prophecy stuff. 
So he, he, he couldn't come forward. He, he just couldn't come forward to be healed. And I went, does he believe in healing? And he went, yes. But he just, he didn't want to validate he was wrong about hearing God. So he didn't come forward. And he said, but will you pray for him now? And I went, well, I'll pray for him. Of course I will. I don't know if anything will happen now, though, because it was that moment, you know, that yeah. moment. But, but my friend said to me, are you not troubled that he left an impression that you'd had a word of God that was incorrect? And I went, thankfully, no, I'm not troubled at all because I don't mind being a fool. Do you have things like that that have happened to you, Kim, where essentially you sort of, you know what's going on, but it doesn't look good? <laughs> if you sort of yeah, I think, I think we could find several, several times that happened that you have that, that thought and that, as you say, well, to, if you look at it, 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 it seems foolish. But when you then when you then speak it, and the reaction comes, you see, well, it was not foolish. It was actually the word of God, and it just hit the target right in the middle. Yeah, I, I think one of the things prophetic people make a mistake in is feeling that they have to be validated in public. Mm. And, uh, you know, Isaiah got past that clearly. Uh, I just want to encourage anyone who's listening to this uh, series to see the same thing, which is, you know, God validates you in private. That's the bottom line, not in public. So, um, you know, what do people think of me is the kind of thought that's going to get in the way of you having clear gifting. You don't need to worry about what people think of you. You only have to worry about what God thinks how I'd put it. Is that all right, Kim? Anything else you want to add to this section? And um, we're going to finish this second in the series, but I'd just leave the idea that you've got anything you want to add uh, from your experience that's worth pointing out. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, in this case, let me do the prayer. So last week, uh, my brother Kim did the prayer. Let me do it this, this week as we finish. Lord, thank you for the truth that we can mine out of this wonderful passage uh, there are others that we could go to as well in this series um thank you lord that um we, we want to say now and almost prophetically state now to anyone listening who's got prophetic gifting don't point to yourself it's not about you and you do not have to tell the future in order to validate yourself that's just not how it works and if you felt that or anyone has said that to you i just um i release that off now out of you uh, Holy Spirit, come upon the listeners now and release them from this expectation of performance. It's not about performance. It's really about the personal relationship with you. Amen. That's it for another episode. The School of Safe and Humble Prophets is a UK and international Christian ministry bringing you the best and most up-to-date teaching on all things related to prophetic gifting for the benefit of the church worldwide. Subscribe to our podcast or go to ianbanner.com and select The School of Safe and Humble Prophets for more information, visuals, and show notes. Join us next time for more from The School of Safe and Humble Prophets.